Hello and welcome to the Moncast. As always, I'm Stevie, and this episode I'm joined by Chisai236. Hi. The current score is 12-7 to Pokemon, and this time we'll be discussing the 20th episodes, The Darkness Before Dawn, and Chikorita's Big Upset. Let's start with The Darkness Before Dawn. Most of the recap was a recap. The only bit about it that was noticeable for me was TK said Kamiramon in a really weird way. Yeah, he did. It's like, Kim- what was it? Kamiramon or something like that? No, the Kamara bit was fine. It was just he went like, Kamiramon. And after that, we get the actual episode, which is the main bit we all care about. And since last time... Kamaramon's just gone in a straight line, destroying everything it comes across. And the Digimon Emperor is following behind. He basically went off the deep end right here. I mean, technically he went off the deep end yesterday because that was when the Whirlpool thing was involved, but you know. But today he's gone further off the deep end. All this destruction is happening and the Zero Two kids are following behind. Just being like, what do we do? We're weak. We cannot do anything. We need to do something. Plan, Go! Plan, go, we need to do a plan, just because this is really bad. It's like Cody says how bad it is, and then Yoli says for some reason, watch your mouth. All Cody said was like, we need to stop him or something. It's like, what? Why? It's not like he said something bad. No, Cody was like, he's burning the whole digital world or something. And Yoli disapproves of the word burning. I guess, yeah. It was a weird line. Yeah, it was an odd line. It was mainly there for the follow-up joke from Tentamon about it tasting bad. Yeah. Wait, does Tentamon even have a tongue? No, he doesn't have a mouth at all, I don't think. No, it, like, it opens sideways or something. Does it? It's never been shown to open, has it? I assume he eats somehow, and that's how beetle mouths work, I think. This. I'm trying to display it with my hands and it doesn't work because this is audio. <laughs> no, 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 please, please show me how the mouth things work. I'm shutting my hands like this, and the fingers are interlocking, and they open sideways like that. Like like what I'm doing right now. Right. It's horizontal instead of vertical, basically. And they, they just sort of interlock the, the square bits, and that's how he opens the mouth to eat. The question I have is, does he have a tongue behind that bit? Uh, probably not. I don't think bugs have tongues. Then can he taste? But then again, Kabuterimon and Mega Kabuterimon have tongues. And so is Hercules Cavalry. Maybe he does have a tongue. I don't know. I don't know. So they come up with this brilliant idea, which is point this pipeline out to Izzy, who can come up with a brilliant idea. Like, it makes it look like Cody had an idea, but Cody basically just sees the pipe in the desert and is like, huh, I have an idea. I'll tell Izzy, and then Izzy can figure something out. Just like he got halfway to being impressive and then just gave all the credit to Izzy. Yeah, I was just like, hey, Izzy, there's a pipe here. Does that mean anything? And then Izzy's like, oh, it's oil. We can use fire. But Cody basically just lost all credit he could have had there. Also, I'm pretty certain, was the Digimon Emperor's base flying away from the kids? I think it was flying towards them. But then how did they get so far ahead? Because Chimeramon's moving pretty quickly. It's weird, like, logic. Listen, they got on the ship. Let's just be happy they got on the ship eventually. <laughs> 
Yeah, eventually. So yeah, Ty, Matt and Izzy are in the campgrounds and they just get their Digimon in the digital world to burst the pipe and light on fire. So that stops the ship because it's on fire and that needs to be dealt with. Even though it's mostly made of stone. But stone on fire isn't good. But stone can't catch fire. It can in the digital world. Okay, sure. I guess I don't know how the digital world functions. A burning stone needs to stop for repairs. That well-known saying. So while the ship is stopped, all of the Zero Two kids enter through another convenient entrance. Super convenient. During all this opening bit, we get quite a few shots of Ken. Oh, sorry, the Digimon Emperor. Just sort of going doolally in the middle of the ship. Because the darkness is getting to his head. He's hearing the voice of darkness. Which is... Devimon, even though it shouldn't really be Devimon, I don't know. Devimon was the dark bit that he took from the dark pool, which isn't in the dark ocean. It was just a regular ocean. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, other things that happen later. Like, they could have tied this kind of stuff in a little better, but they didn't. They threw Devimon in for some weird reason. I think it's just a general power of darkness. But it's definitely Devimon's voice. I recognise it from last episode. Just a weird one to get back. Just like, they could have picked any of the last series villains, so Apocalyman would have probably made more sense for sort of a darkness that's been dispersed. Anything would have worked. It's just they're not consistent with it. They've already thrown in the Dark Ocean bit. Now they have Devimon, and there's other stuff that gets thrown in later. It's just like, where are we going with this exactly? Yeah, it's, it's kind of just Ken's losing the plot. He's hearing voices he's having nightmares when he's awake it's all getting to him some stellar voice acting work i think the performance is really good on ken's part it's not too bad i definitely got the impression he was going crazy and was very evil which was definitely the goal this episode is interesting because he goes from like like he's officially lost it to he kind of comes back a little later on i should wait till we get to that but there's good range in this episode for ken he does go sort of back and forth so the Digi kids get into the Digi base through the Digi doorway that was Digi there. The Digi doorway that was Digi there. Ken just clearly has this thing for wide open doorways into his secret base. I kind of forget now. Is that the same doorway they used last time? I think it's a different one because it has a ledge outside. It's the second convenient doorway. But then there's multiple just like convenient entrances into his base. I mean, who needs security anyway when you've got a chimera man? Ken apparently. They just walk in there. (laughs) They really do. They just follow this tunnel through and end up in this like Death Star landing bay, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Just lots of metal and flat surfaces and woo, it's sci-fi. Davis even makes a joke about it being very sci-fi-like. And there's something about him saving Kari and Kari calling it a fantasy. Right, yeah. Did you know that Davis likes Kari? No, I had no idea. He constantly, constantly talks about saving Kari like a damsel in distress. I had no idea he liked Kari. Once they're all inside, Ken's guard Chimeramon turns up to protect the base. He protect, but he attack, but he mainly... Fires his laser. Yes, he fires his laser a lot. He's also very, very big. Every shot he's in, he's like, I don't know, 20 times taller than all the Digimon. He big. He's big, yeah. He's a big abomination against nature. <laughs> Can you call a digital world natural? Against digital nature? They're living creatures, so they have a natural order kind of thing. Is the digital world a real world? Yes, they are currently in it. But is it real? If the other world's the real world... That implies that the digital world isn't real. Well, it's digital, and humans control everything, so of course they're going to call their world the real world. 
I'm just trying to get philosophical, but don't have any answers. No counters to that. We're assuming that the digital world is a quote-unquote real world. Well, in the context of this, it is. It's as real as the real world is real. I should have studied philosophy, because it makes no sense, just like this show. So, the Digikids get the Digimon to fight Chimeramon, and it does diddly squat. It goes about as well as you'd expect. A bunch of armor is trying to take on a giant mega... Doesn't touch him. They even do the big combined power of friendship strike and it doesn't even scratch him. It didn't do nothing. Not even a scuff. Nothing. Not a scratch. Not a scuff. Not a bruise. Nothing. It's just like, eh, I'm a firing my laser. And then Cameraman just does that several times. Over and over and just decimates them. Flame Drummond, Holsamon, and Digmon all go back to the Digibaby forms, and Patamon and Gatamon are back to Patamon and Gatamon. So many names. And Ken's watching all this through his live feed of everything that he has. And this this really standout moment for me in the episode where Ken just twigs for a second that Digimon might be alive. Ken's like thinking like, oh, they're so small now. And then Wormon's like, yeah, they're just like human babies. And then Ken kind of has a moment of like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. He ends up ordering Chimeramon to stop, which is like, oh, he has a sense of mercy. Okay. That's kind of neat. He's not completely a terrible person. He's just not really... He doesn't consider them, like, living. But then when he kind of thinks, like, oh, they're like babies, he's kind of like, uh, I'll just take care of this on my own. Because it's kind of like he's uncomfortable with it, sort of. Like, I don't want to attack defenseless babies. So he orders Chimera to stop and just goes down there to basically talk to the kids himself. I didn't really think about it up to this point, but Ken's just kind of looked at the Digimon as playthings things for him to control and mess around with and dominate yeah that's one of the things i really like about the emperor is it's just like it's just a game to him and he doesn't realize that they're actually alive and then that's kind of the error of his ways is that they're living things and you're doing all this to living things because if you're playing like a video game and you do stuff like ken's doing it it doesn't matter because it's a video game so it's kind of interesting to watch ken kind of realize like oh no they're alive or they might be they might be well yeah he sort of has just this twinge of empathy for them. It's almost like sort of a little switch flicked in his head for a second. It's just like, maybe there's more to this than I was thinking about. A really standout moment. Just like a villain going, wait a second, I could be wrong. You don't see that much. So it stood out in the episode as a, an important moment. So at this point, Chimeramon's on standby, literally. So this gives the DigiKids some time to plan the next step. By that I mean, Davis just says, we need to do something. I'm not just going to stop because you're all tired and runs ahead. Which, honestly, I appreciate. I think that was the right move to make because he was up for the challenge and no one else was. You don't often have a moment just where the big bad monsters literally just stood there doing nothing so you can walk past him. So it's just like, we need to do something while we can, so let's go. So he makes his way to the engine room. Everyone else tries to follow after him, but they get intercepted by Chimeramon, who's been woken up again by Ken. Sorry, the Digimon Emperor. But when Ken tries to give Chimeramon an order, Chimeramon just leaves. He's like, I'm out, and just flies away. He's out enough. And then Ken has a breakdown. Ken has a breakdown. He's hearing the voices again. TK makes a mention of it, though, so I don't know if everyone can hear it or maybe just tk and ken can hear it but tk does mention like do you hear that voice 
Yeah, like, I didn't register that TK hears the weird voice as well. I don't think anyone else reacted to it, so it may just be TK that can hear it. I guess it's just a link to Devimon that they have. Just kind of reinforcing that mirrored link they have from the last episode and how much it bothered him and everything. Like, TK overcame that darkness. Yeah, TK is basically anti-darkness, despite the fact that his crest isn't light. I mean, if Kari had been around, she probably would have been the one to finish off Devimon, but she wasn't yet. Yeah, like, just TK's already like had that phase battling the darkness and overcoming it, whereas Ken is embracing it and trying to harness its power. Yeah, and it's just overwhelming him, which... Yeah, he's having a breakdown now. A sweet little thing, though, is poor poor Wormmon is trying so hard to, like, help Ken, and Ken's just, like, losing his mind. And so Wormmon's like, all right, I'm going to do something about this. And so basically as Davis is running towards the engine room, Wormmon comes up and is like, it's over here. I'll show you. It's funny because Davis says, you're helping us? Do I look stupid to you? And he's like, uh, never mind. And Wormon, Wormon's just like really sweet and is, is like, no, I'm trying to help Ken. I'm trying to help my master and I'll cooperate with you if that means he'll get better. And so he leads Davis to the engine room. Top 10 anime betrayals. Well, it's not really a betrayal. He's helping the good guys, and Ken's a bad guy, so it's kind of a betrayal. That's fair. It's in Ken's interests, but it's not what Ken would want. That's that's true. So I put it as number five on my anime betrayals. It's a betrayal for good. The best interest betrayal. Yeah. So this leads to the engine room, which is powered by a digi-egg that's covered in darkness. David says, we have to pick it up, and then it just picks itself up. How are we going to pick it up? And it just starts floating. So it, it lifts up, it sheds the darkness, explodes with golden radiance, whatever the prophecy was, blows up the engine room or something, so the ship just stops in midair. Well, the DGA is the power source, so all the power goes out. So like, the lights shut off and everything. Yeah, and the ship just stops moving. So I guess it has something else powering it, otherwise it should crash. Yeah, it's just kind of not moving anymore. Then this Digi-Egg's golden light just makes demi on Digivolve, and then they golden armor energized, yes, yes. and they Digivolve to Magnemon. It's golden flame drumon. Golden holy flame drumon. He's cool. He's also a royal knight. That's not relevant here, but it is a thing. It's the smallest royal knight. It's not a thing in the series yet. But yeah, that's like three seasons ahead. In this one, Magnemon's just glowy dude, here to save the day, we assume. But it just kind of cuts off the episode ends, just like that. I will say, though, I think it would have been interesting, instead of, I guess, it being Vmon that is Magnemon, it would have been kind of cool if Wormmon evolved, just narratively, because it would have been like, oh, Wormmon went through all this trouble to save Ken, and, and now Wormmon can save Ken. It would have been kind of cool. It kind of wouldn't make sense, though, because the bond between them right now just is non-existent. But apart from that, it would be cool, just because I like Kongumon. It's like a, a golden beetle with lots of forks. Oh, that one, yeah. He's been an agent of God on Earth since ancient times. It's a beetle. Yeah, it's just a golden beetle, which wouldn't be as cool as Magnemon. Oh, that's fair. Like, it's not cool enough. I just wanted Wormon to get into armor evolution. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> also, that Digi-Egg had the symbol, or the crest of, was it Kindness display on it? Or was that a different symbol? It has miracles. That was the crest of miracles. It didn't look like it when it flashed it up. Kindness is the pink egg that looks like a flower. 
Yeah, but the crest that flashed on the Digi-Egg was the crest of kindness. It wasn't the crest of miracles, even though that's not the Digi-Egg of kindness. Because the Digi-Egg of kindness is just a pink flower. I see what you mean now. I mean, I'm going to look that up now. So we picked up the Digi-Egg of miracles, which flashed the crest of kindness. Oh, it does. What the heck? That's weird. Either the writers didn't care or it's suggesting some link between that Digi-Egg and Ken. Because we find out Ken has the crest of kindness, which we'll question later. <laughs> when he gets a crest of kindness or whatever. That's a thing. Yeah, that is where the episode ended. Magnamon's there and we're done. Cliffhanger, what's going to happen next? You have to wait till next episode to see him actually do anything. I'm going to assume that Ken's going to be defeated in one way or another. Sorry, the Digimon Emperor. They call him Ken too, so it's fine. Who's Ken too? You're reaching for the low-hanging joke freight, like I do. It is almost ten past ten, so I'm getting tired. So... Is anything else we want to mention before the final questions? No, that's it. I do want to point out that I think Izzy updated the email so it doesn't use Comic Sans anymore. So, well done, Izzy. Aw, no more Comic Sans. You don't want Comic Sans. Why not? It's sensational. Wow. That's all I'm giving that. That's fair. The only other bit is... Just the, the bit of padding in the middle when they're just wandering around the base a bit and the Bakuman turn up and they use stock footage attacks a lot. It felt like another short episode as a result. It felt like they could have had more happen in this episode because not a lot happens. It feels like they've split what could probably be two or maybe three into four episodes. It could have just been condensed more is what you're saying. It could have been more tightly packed. Yeah. Kind of like Chimeramon's design. Scrap this part and this part and this part and we'll just smash it together. Make it a vaguely dragon shape. And then just make it 25 times bigger than everything else in the room. Yes. Yeah, that's all I wanted to mention from my notes. So, who was your standout character? Ken, for his moment of clarity. He kind of shows sympathy towards the baby Digimon. I think that that's, that's interesting. It's an interesting little character moment. He definitely was like a driving force in the episode. The other driving force, I would say, and my standout character is Davis, because I think he did a pretty solid job as leader in this one. Just rallying the troops and going ahead when with everyone else is kind of beaten down and bruised. Took the good re- leader role and actually did a good job. We assume. We don't know how well Magnum Hunt's going to do. I mean, he found a an ancient golden digi-egg, so he's doing pretty good, I think. And he he's able to use it. Technically, Ken found it first, and then harnessed it to power a massive spaceship. Yeah, but Davis was trying to stop the ship, and Davis stopped the ship. And not only that, but he found a new weapon. And he also recruited the villain's partner, Digimon. So that was good. So what was your favorite thing? Well, I guess because I made Ken my standout, I'll make my favorite thing just Wormon's loyalty to Ken, which is adorable and sweet. There's probably better things like Davis actually doing a good job being a leader, but I just love Wormon, so dang it, Wormon's going to be my favorite thing. I will mention that Davis did a good job today. Pat on the back for Davis. Pat on the back for Davis, being actually good. I initially wrote down Wormon, but thinking about it, my favorite thing is probably just Chimeramon and how he destroys everything until he gets bored and flies away. It's like, you know what? I don't don't like this. I don't like this whole being ordered around thing, so I'm just going to go. That's basically it. He's just stopped obeying orders because Ken was losing it. So he went his own way. And he's still just a really cool design for a Digimon. It's made of everything else. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. And his attack is just firing a laser, which is cool. So, next one. Was this filler or not filler? Uh, not filler. Correct. There's plot happening, and also there was even a Digi-Egg, so lots of plot. Everything's going on. New Digi-Egg, new Digivolution, plot twists and turns and character growth and 
moments. Plot twist. Davis is doing a good job. This is unheard of. Is. Davis being good. It's unheard of. Has Davis finally decided to get good? Maybe. We'll see. Find out, won't we? And overall thoughts wise, it was just a solid episode. I enjoyed it. It was a good episode, but also, like we mentioned before, it probably could have been more eventful than it was. Because there wasn't really a whole lot that was going on. It took them forever to get on the base. And then they kind of just fought Chimera on for a little bit. And then they just got the egg. Like, they could have probably packed a little more in there. I don't know. But it was it was still a good episode. It had a lot of downtime, but the rest of it with Ken and Chimerabon and all that was cool. And I'm looking forward to the next episode because I, I can't remember most of Zero Two and what happens. I'm hoping something good will happen with Ken. And we finally got like a plot thread going, which is even better. This is all built up to this. And it's like 20 episodes in, we're reaching a, a climax to this arc. So it's good. After all that filler, we finally got a proper, proper story arc going on. And I'm assuming, like, next one or the one after will be the finale of this arc, which will be cool. I forget how long this goes on for. Like, obviously, I remember bits like, Ken joins the team. Woo! Spoilers. But when and how does he transition from the Emperor to this new Ken? When is Ken a candidate for the team? <sighs> okay. I think that's enough Digimon discussion. Shall we move on to that other one? I think it's called Pokemon. Yeah, it was about like a plant or something. No, that was last week. Oh, was it? Uh... Oh, wait, no. That was this week as well. Just a different plant. Next up is Chikorita's Big Upset. I've not been listening to the opening song before the episodes like I used to. Oh, yeah. I listen to it every time because I'm a dork. I should do. Because like the second theme's still good. It's not as good as the first one, in my opinion, but I still like it. I should listen to it next time. But this one jumps straight in, and for once, they're not just walking on a path somewhere. They're actually mid-battle. There's stuff happening. On the screen! It's the magic of television. It's actual action! Ash has his Chikorita out battling a Raticate. It's kind of a fair fight. Chikorita's doing pretty well. Sort of getting one down by the Raticate, and Ash decides to try and return Chikorita and swap them for Pikachu. Chikorita does not approve, and just repeatedly dodges the red laser from the Pokeball, and refuses to return. I can understand where Chikorita is coming from. If I was losing to Eradicate, I'd probably be pretty upset too. It's like, you think I can't take a giant rat? What's wrong with you? That whole intro happens, things aren't going very well, and they take Chikorita to the Pokemon Center, because they're strappy. And Ash has a, a brief conversation with Professor Oak, who we've not seen in some time, trying to get advice. Professor Oak reminds us of the GS ball. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, and Ash just says something about, oh no, we'd never forget about that, that thing that never comes up in the episodes ever. We wouldn't forget about the thing that we always forget about. It came up in like a Quagsar episode a while back, and I don't know if it's been mentioned since. So it's a reminder to the audience of like, yeah, this is still a thing. I've heard it has Celebi in, but I don't know if that's true in the anime. That's the theory, but uh, I think the plot of the GS ball never gets like used. It's just there, and then it's not. It's like, yeah, that was a thing that we forgot about. I never forget about the GS ball. Yeah, so they actually do forget about it. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. Oh well. But the conversation's worthwhile because we get some screen time of the best ship in Pokemon, which is Muck and Oak. Things are a bit of muck in the lab. What would you call a ship of Professor Oak and Muck? You could have, I guess, Moak. Yeah, I'm a Moak shipper. I'm a Moak shipper. Yeah, it's the best ship. <laughs> Muck is best girl. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. You could see the love in Muck's eyes. Like, even Professor Oak seems to be enjoying it when Muck climbs on him. It's bizarre, and I love it. So, after this, and Professor Oak's reminded us of the GS ball existing, Ash still hasn't got a clue what to do with Chikorita. They bump into Therapist Joy. Yes, a nurse Joy that is just happens to be a therapist. A psychologist that does therapy, whatever you call it. Nurse, therapist, psychologist, Joy. Who's just Joy with glasses, looks a bit smarter. Yeah, has a bit of a different outfit, but that's about it. And she gets to work analysing Chikorita, because they can try and work out why she's misbehaving. Oh wait, before we get to that, there is one other thing I wanted to mention. So when uh, Nurse Joy is mentioning to Ash that she can do, you know, she's a psychologist, she does therapies and stuff like that. Ash thought therapy was a Pokemon. <laughs> like, come on, Ash, you're ten, not five. Never heard of therapy before? Maybe he's just not had therapy before. Maybe he's a healthy child. Okay, maybe that's reasonable. There is another thing that comes up again, though, that's a little less reasonable. I'll give you the therapy one makes a little sense. A little sense. Because Ash is just dumb. I mean, Ash couldn't work out that Chikorita was jealous even though us as viewers worked it out five episodes ago. And Nurse Joy worked it out, like, immediately, just by looking at her. I really would have loved it if Joy just went like, you don't need therapy. It's pretty obvious that is just jealous. Or envious. Like, she has envy. This is the thing I was talking about, because Ash also thinks envy is a Pokemon. I don't think there's an excuse for that one. I feel like you would know what envy is. Like, come on. I suppose... But it's still a good joke. Just Ash is dumb. He doesn't know what words are. How do you not know words? Can you not word Ash? Come on, Ash. You got a words good. Well, Ash does not words good. He also does not Pokemons too good. That too. So the the planned therapy for Chikorita is to leave her behind in the greenhouse because she's a grass Pokemon and she needs to be with grass or something. Yeah, so she's more relaxed in nature kind of thing. Yeah, something along those lines, which is kind of just like, well, they usually nap under trees, so <laughs> kind of makes no difference, really. They do something kind of interesting here, where they put Chikorita in the Pokeball and in the greenhouse, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, because you would think, like, oh, you, you can let her, like, yeah, sleep by a tree or in the grass, you know, relax and enjoy the greenhouse. But no, they just set the Pokeball in the greenhouse, and they're just like, all right, that's good enough. I suppose it is. Just, like, get better. Stay in the nature. That you're always confined in. It's a weird one. But yeah, they just kind of leave her behind in the Pokeball and all go to sleep in the Pokemon Center, where they have accommodation for everyone. They have guest rooms for patients, right? I suppose that does make sense. They all go to sleep and Chikorita wakes up and leaves the greenhouse because the door was left wide open because Nurse Joy is so very responsible. It's really silly. Like, how could they forget that? It's, it's odd. I feel like she probably did it on purpose just so she can go like look chikorita wants attention you can tell because they ran away to make you look for them yeah but she seems surprised later that's the only plot hole in that theory it would be interesting if she did that to test chikorita though like well let's see if chikorita tries to run off but it isn't that it's just kind of like we left the door open (laughs) whoops so Chikorita just flees for it in the middle of the night, and Pikachu follows her, because Pikachu's trying to stop Chikorita running off. And basically just get on Chikorita's good side, because Chikorita's all grumpy. All the time, just grumpy around Pikachu. It's almost like she's jealous of Pikachu or something. It's almost like we didn't need a therapist for this. 
sounds like you can work it out just by looking at the Pokemon and how it behaves. You don't need to be a professional therapist to work out what that Pokemon's feeling. It's like, weird, Chikorita always shoves Pikachu away when I give Pikachu attention. I wonder what that means. I can't figure out what that means. So, after this, Chikorita's off in the wild. By that I mean just on the streets of whatever this city was called. Did they even name this town or say? Nope. Nope, Chikorita's on the streets and just finds, like, a, I guess an abandoned warehouse or something to kip in. Except it's not abandoned because there's three fighting types. Except it's not three, it's four because there's a primate as well. I do think that this is a weird group of Pokemon. So it's a Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Machoke, and Primeape. Why isn't Hitmontop there? I guess Hitmontop's not street thug enough. You could have had Hitmontop and Tyrogue in there and then you would have just had the whole Hitmon family. But Tyrogue's not in this. Neither is Hitmontop. I just, I just thought that was odd. I mean, they've not drawn either of those new Pokemon before. They've not had their own episodes yet, so they're not ready to be used as side Pokemon. I can see that. So until Tyrogue and Hitmontop have their own episode, they won't just be turning up in the wild, I'd assume. They're all Gen 1. Just Gen 1 fighting type Pokemon. Just there. Yep, because they've already been used. That makes sense. It bothers me that like all the Kanto Pokemon are just still here in Johto. Yeah, because Kanto and Johto are like linked and stuff. We'll see if it's the same in like the third series onwards where they just have past Pokemon turning up still in the wild. Uh, not as much. I think that's when they start doing like the really isolated, like everything's new kind of stuff. It's a whole new world with the same old Pokemon. So yeah, Chikorita's slumber is disturbed by the fighting type street thugs and she's having none of it. So she just beats them up and becomes the leader of the gang. They're just like, oh, you beat Primeape. I guess you're in charge now. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Just like she passed the test and now she's in charge, which is cool. I like that. She's not having none of that sass. So the following morning, Ash and Co wake up find that Chikorita and Pikachu have run off. Nurse Joyce is kind of like, oh, I just want attention. Pikachu probably tried to stop her. Yada yada yada, let's go find them. With the usual tactic of, we'll walk around and shout out the names as loud as possible. Yeah, no actual strategist. Like, start yelling Chikorita over and over again. Pretty much. That's just how they find Pokemon, is yell out the name. Yeah, it's almost like the Pokemon ran away, and that's probably not going to work, because, you know, they ran away. So they go up with plan B. B is for Bulbasaur, because Bulbasaur now has a great sense of smell, which has never been mentioned before, to my knowledge. That's that's weird. We just randomly get expert tracker Bulbasaur. The only logic I can think of is maybe there's a weird plant smell that maybe plant Pokemon have. Because if I remember right, Chikorita's leaves like give off a scent. So you could argue that maybe that's what Bulbasaur is smelling. I think Pikachu has tracked scents before, but... Bulbasaur? I don't see it. My only logic is that it's a plant Pokemon thing. They've tried Heracross searching for flowers before. Yeah, that worked out. They could try it again. But at this point, we're now 10 minutes into the episode, and we finally see Team Rocket. It's probably the longest it's been without seeing Team Rocket in an episode. Probably, yeah. They overhear that Pikachu and Chikorita are on the loose. So they plan to Pokenap them. Of course. What else would they do? Take a Pokenap. They're kind of a pokey meal. Uh, I'm saying a lot of plot. You say something. The Team Rocket's going to kidnap them. They basically go down to Chikorita. And, and it's really funny because Chikorita basically becomes a Pokemon trainer for a little bit because the the fighting type Pokemon are like following her, her directions, which is kind of hilarious because they're like three times her size. And so basically like Team Rocket, I guess, tries to bluff like, 
we're not afraid of you. We're super, you know, not scared. The fighting types out intimidate them and they're like, oh, no. But I just realized that you can't really have fighting types fight people because it's too violent, probably. You know, Pikachu can Thundershock Team Rocket and it's no big deal. But like a fighting type can't just go up and punch them because that's not okay. That's physical violence. Primeape just kind of like punches a barrel in half to like show like I'm tough and I'm not messing around kind of thing. And then Team Rocket kind of run away. Anyway, so Team Rocket runs off. They don't go into the balloon, which is interesting. They're just on ropes under the balloon. I don't know why they didn't just like crawl up to the balloon, but they don't. But anyway, Meowth's in the balloon and just suddenly robot. It's made of tires. Like it's huge. It's like a huge tire robot that must have been tiresome to build. Also happened to be in the warehouse that Chikorita slept in. Yeah, that's also weird. It just appears out of the warehouse, which is like, okay, (laughs) that happened. Okay. Also, how did they get tires that big to build that thing is another question. But basically the the robot shows up at the same time that Ash and everyone are led there by Bulbasaur. So there's a fight. Obviously, electric attacks don't work on it. Obviously, grass attacks don't work on it. It's ready to robot. So, of course, the robot grabs Chikorita and Pikachu. Everyone's panicking. And <laughs> Ash has the brilliant idea, emphasis on the brilliant part, to use Heracross to basically fling him onto the robot. And it goes about as well as you think it does. <laughs> I-, I thought it was a foolproof plan. It was definitely not foolproof. <laughs> Ash gets Heracross after Heracross tries to eat Bulbasaur. Because that's funny. Don't cannibalize your friend. Anyway, so Ash gets on like Heracross's like back and horn and just gets flung into the robot. But obviously the robot can move. So Ash misses and just falls into this like convenient pile of tires on the ground, which is convenient. Also not very soft when you think about it. No, tires are not soft, but it works for cartoon logic, I guess. And so Ash is like, oh, that that didn't work. I know. I'll try again. He doesn't use Heracross this time, but there's a, I guess it's like a water tower or something. I don't remember what it was exactly, but it's just this tower and the robot's like walking by it. And so Ash is like, oh, I know. I'll just climb up the tower and jump from the top of this tower, which is now taller than the robot, onto the robot's head. And guess what happens? I know what happens. He misses because of course he does. Because again, the robot can move. (laughs) Which now that I think about it is pretty gruesome because as far as Team Rocket and Meowth knew, he was going to hit the ground and die. They knew that the first time. They just did it twice for good measure. But Chikorita manages to grab Ash with Vine Whip and save him. And then Chikorita like flings him up to the top of the robot where the antenna is and Ash just basically rips the antenna out. Robot no longer works anymore. Then Jesse and James are still dangling from the balloon which is attached to the robot. Meowth pulls out his claws to just let them loose so that they'll just get left behind with the robot and Meowth can drift away. And this works pretty well except for the fact that Jesse and James cause the robot to explode and they all go blasting off again. So we get to the final scene which is at sunset I'm pretty sure. Chikorita finally gets to sit on Ash's shoulder alongside Pikachu and now she's not jealous anymore because they're equals they get a shoulder each and it's cute and I like it. 
and it plays the happy ending music, and it's good. And Ash totally couldn't have figured out any of this on his own. Nope, not at all. I'm happy now, because I'm looking forward to episodes with Chikorita as well, instead of just Pikachu. Having a second, like, main Pokemon there all the time should be really good. I'm excited for that. So that'll be cool. It's a nice change. It's also very cute. This shawl is for you. It's like, oh. Oh, Ash is a nice person. He's nice to his chikorita. Yeah. And with that, they walk off into the sunset and it's to be continued, as always. So, is there anything we forgot to mention that you want to mention? No, I think that was about it for me. Was there something that you wanted to talk about? I have a few notes we missed. So, I wanted to mention that Team Rocket use walkie-talkies and it's cool. Because walkie-talkies are fun. And the other thing is that Team Rocket's motto is really good. Because they just do it to Pikachu and Chikorita. I like Team Rocket's motto. I'd feel sad if it was like entirely cut out of an episode, probably. It has to be there. It's a part of Pokemon. Like, I'm sure as a kid, I hated Team Rocket because they did like pretty much the same thing every time. But as an adult, they do the same thing every time, but it's really good in comparison to everything else. So I don't care. It's just fun. I just like Team Rocket, even though they do very similar things a lot. Because even then, they do more different stuff than Ash and Cody. Yeah, and they're good characters. Yeah, they're, they're fun. They're a lot better than Ash and Go. So, stand-up characters. Is it Chikorita for you too? Uh, yeah. I like how she just kind of takes over a gang of Pokemon. Just like, I am a trainer now. I got no attention from my trainer, so now I shall be the trainer. She just becomes a mob boss. She didn't really develop. She just went, fine, I'll behave. And then just got rewarded for it. It was kind of more about Ash learning information than it was about Chikorita's growth. Chikorita's still probably very jealous. But now she's of, like, not being neglected as much, I guess. Ash kind of understands that she wants extra attention. And what was your favorite thing this episode? Bloodhound Bulbasaur was pretty funny. Bloodhound Bulbasaur. And also Mob Boss Chikorita. But my favorite thing is just the fact that there's like gangs of fighting type Pokemon living on the streets, just making it a dangerous neighborhood, just like you might get attacked by Hitmonlee. And they're just like total, I guess, softies. They're just like, oh, Chikorita is now our leader because you beat Primeape. If the Pokemon are part of like gang crime or whatever, can they be arrested? Well, I guess it would be like animals going to a pound, I guess. They would just be captured and like kept somewhere. And trained better, I guess. It's weird because they're so humanoid. <laughs> yeah, it is weird with the really humanoid ones, especially with like Machoke and Machamp. Yeah, Hitmonchan is especially just a short man. With some weird facial features, yeah. It's just a dude. But yeah, that's my favorite thing, just that the street gangs, essentially. But was this episode filler? Or not filler. It was definitely filler. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, nothing really happened. They could have given Chikorita character development, but again, it was like, it was more about Ash realizing that Chikorita is jealous than it was Chikorita's jealousy being fixed. It was very light in the character development. So yeah, I'd put it in the filler pile. More filler for the pile. And now, overall thoughts. It was okay, but it was just an episode. It was just kind of standard filler, but it was cute. Yeah. There's been worse filler episodes by a long shot. This episode could be much worse if he left behind Chikorita to have constant therapy. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, no, I'll just give my Pokemon to Nurse Joy. It's like, ah, oh, Ash, no. He didn't, though, so that's good. We shouldn't reward Ash, though, for not abandoning his Pokemon, honestly. We shouldn't, know. But whatever. This episode was cute, and that's as far as I'd go. <laughs> it was cute. 
But now, it is time for Mono a Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes. So, it's 11pm. I'm getting tired. Let's do a speed round. Speed round! First thing that comes to your head, who is your monster of the week? Uh, t- uh, uh, t- uh, Chim- uh Why? Because it's big. <laughs> True. I said Chikorita because she's just the main point of the episode. That's pretty much it. Who was worse? Ashley Davis. Uh, Ash, because he didn't know what the words envy or therapy were, and he thought they were Pokemon. <laughs> that was pretty stupid. Davis was a solid lead to this one. Ash kind of just went along for the ride, let his Pokemon escape even, and put himself in harm's way quite a lot by jumping to his death almost twice. So, yeah, I'd say Ash was worse. Yeah. I'll put that one down. And which storyline did you prefer, and why? Uh, Digimon, because it was good, and it had plot. And character development from the villain. Yeah, Digimon just had more actual stuff happen with characters. More than just Pokemon got out, Pokemon is jealous, blah, 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 blah. Pokemon became the mob boss of a fight, group of fighting type Pokemon. As you do. I'd agree that Digimon was a bit better. Not by much. It still had its weak moments. Yeah, it was kind of padded. Pokemon was more padded, so I'd say Digimon was better for the storyline. But were there any notable similarities? Bad similarities? I couldn't think of any. Not a single one. No? I've got four. What are your four? We have green partner monsters that are very cute, and they disobey their masters. Just Chikorita and Wormon have a lot in common. Okay. Next one's a bit simpler. We just have big things exploding. There was explosions. Tire mech explodes, and so does the engine of the Emperor's ship. We also have the villains using big things to fight on their behalf and fight the battles for them. And last thing I've got is that the good guys just sabotage the bad guys' stuff. Just they wreck the ship and the tire mech. Just because they can't let the bad guys have powerful things. That's everything I came up with anyway. I didn't think of anything, so that's good. So you better have at least four differences here. No. How many do you have? Everything is different. Of course everything's different. Different, the two completely different episodes every time. Ash is bad and Davis is good, which it's usually the other way around. So there's that. That's about it. I didn't have anything else really. I don't even know if that counts as a difference. I'm bad at differences and similarities. Yeah, just have to think about both the episodes and go, huh, interesting. Yeah. It's like, I've just got that one was much more lighthearted in tone. Pokemon was more fun in that way. Also, something that's quite interesting is that Chikorita's got, like, quite a negative personality trait, which you don't get with the Digimon partners very much. True, yeah. The Digimon partners are usually just kind of, like, good. Really good. Just do what the trainer says. And then Chikorita comes along, just like, I'm going to ignore you and refuse to do whatever you tell me to. Ash has problems with that. We don't get that in Digimon partners very often. They'll have fallings out every once in a while, but usually the Digimon are... Like, it's not a personality trait for them to be jealous or disobedient or whatever. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, like, that one time TK and Patamon had a fight. That's the only one I can think of. That was a falling out. That wasn't, like, Patamon's innate personality. That's the only thing that comes close. So, yeah, that was something different. You don't get this sort of teamwork issue with... Digimon kids and the partners. So that was something that Pokemon brought to the table that Digimon doesn't usually. So yeah, I can't think of much else, honestly. There were no golden Digi-Eggs in Pokemon. They have a golden Pokeball instead. We have a golden Pokeball and a golden uh, Digi-Egg. And with that, we're on to the final question, which is, which episode deserves the point and why? Uh, Digimon, because it had plot, it was focused, it was better. 
I too was leaning towards Digimon. Like, Pokemon wasn't necessarily bad. It was just meh. Yeah, it was just average. Yeah, it had its cute moments. But Digimon just had a lot more in there that was like, wow, that's actually really interesting. Especially with the Digimon Emperor, who's an engaging villain. So I think that makes the score 12-8 to Pokemon. Two in a row for Digimon. This is unheard of. We're on a roll! Two in a row. That's as much as it's got before. Oh, gosh. Oh, Digimon, please have a a decent streak of episodes. Just for once. If I remember right, this streak does end up crashing, so... We'll find out, won't we? We'll hope. This is the darkness before dawn, so hopefully this is the dawn of good episodes. Next time, we'll be discussing the 21st episodes, The Crest of Kindness, and Foul Weather Friends. Foul Weather Friends. If you want to get in touch, just tweet at us, email at us, or jump in our Discord to chat at us. And of course, a massive thank you to my lovely co-host. Where can the people find you? The Moncast Discord, and on Tumblr, at chisai236. I do arts and things. I draw stuffs. She does. And all the links to all the stuff will be in the show notes, including the podcast Patreon. So, massive thank you to the patrons who are supporting on there. Until next time, I'm going to go to sleep. Stevie needs sleeps. Bye-bye. Bye! Yeah, I forget the next couple lines, but uh, there it goes. Secret Secret Through the mountains Secret, 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 secret Come on. Come here, Come here, Come here, Come here. 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 Come Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) Moving forwards is tiring. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. This golden light just makes Vmon digivolve. No, Demi-Vmon digivolve. No, it's Vmon. No, Demi-Vmon digivolves to Vmon. No, uh, while the Digi-Egg is glowing when they're first looking at it, uh, Demi-Vmon evolves into Vmon. That's what I just said. What? Oh, (laughs) I didn't hear it. I corrected myself, then you corrected my correction of myself. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear it. Okay, sorry. I think we overcorrected. We corrected the <laughs> correction of the correction, so now we're wrong again, I guess? I was kind of right. I know, I I'm know. just trying to rationalize the weird loops we just went through for no reason. It was just a solid episode. Yeah, I thought it was. I enjoyed it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. I didn't mean to. Go for it. No, go ahead. Go! <laughs> no, go ahead. Baby! No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh. just go ahead. It's <laughs> gonna keep saying it. Um. So, the following mo- morning. Moaning. Morning. I thought morning. you were gonna say moaning. I was gonna say moaning for some reason. <laughs> the following moaning. <laughs> Ash and Kyle, wake up. <laughs>